Hey guys, if you enjoy this episode, please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Taco Supremo. Hey John, I heard you say that you were raised on a farm outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And guess what? I'm also from that area. Well, not the farm part with the goats and the cow dung and whatnot. Anyways, can you cover the Susan Smith case for me? I'll never forget how completely heartbroken the entire nation became over the tragic murder of these two innocent boys. In fact, my Graham Graham was a producer for WIS-TV when the story broke. And she would tell us that a few members of the dive team who searched for Susan Susan's children at John D. Long Lake actually quit after seeing the two babies holding hands while still buckled in the back of their car seats. I know, I know. This story is sickening and painful to tell, but I'm hoping that you can help us tacos understand the mind of America's number one momster. I love the podcast, Rhiannon. Hmm. Well, Rhiannon, to be honest, the Susan Smith case is the one case I've been dreading ever since we started TM2M way back when. Heartbreaking isn't a strong enough word for the injustice that took place here. But how about this? Why don't we try to find out what it's like to be married to Susan Smith from the narrative of the one person that knew her best, her ex-husband and baby daddy, David Smith. Thanks to everyone who attended our live show. We had so much fun. It was a good time. We always have fun. A great time to be had by all. And we'll be in Raleigh next. Mm, March 13th. And um, we've got a few Taco Supremos who have already gotten their spots for free because they are Supremos and they get to do whatever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. We've actually got like six Supremo seats reserved. Really? Yes. Wow. Shout out. We've got Lauren and Rebecca and Jess all with their plus ones attending. So, And that's free for you guys because you're a member. We're super pumped. To meet some of our Supremos for the first time, too. Like, mm. we haven't met Lauren before. I'm pumped. Yes! And I got a message from our friend Zach, who's a loyal taco on Snapchat, and he was excited to find out that we were going to be in Raleigh because it's his hometown. So Nice! Yeah. Hopefully he comes to the event. He is. He's going to. We're already trying to f- convince his friends, he said. Oh, hell yeah! I'm also trying to convince him to buy some swag. Hell yeah, I gotta represent. We've got a couple other live shows that are coming up. Stay tuned for date and location announcements for our next Charleston show and our Orlando show. That's right. We're pumped. And we're going to have a couple folks, I think, who have attended several of our shows attend our Orlando show again. So, yeah. well, and now obviously Charleston. That's our, that's our hometown. So, um, we're drinking the mother tonight. It does look like beer. It does have beer in it. Like an amber ale, it looks like. So this cocktail is vodka, gin, sweet and sour mix, grenadine, and topped with beer. You know what? It kind of tastes like an unsweetened iced tea. 
So thank you to our sponsor, Nipatati Gin and now Vodka. And I guess this is a uh, good segue into our surprise shots. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Nipatati's vodka. Got it. Wow. That was the first vodka shot of my life I've ever enjoyed. I mean, it was definitely strong, but, you know, that's his, um, that's on the bottle. What does it say? What's the tagline? Um, Particularly good and strong liquor. That's the tagline. All right, Nicole, where are we going and who are we killing? The hint was Momster. Oh, can I just say one funny story about when I started entering in? So I start, I always start by entering in like the word plus cocktail. Yeah. And did you put monster <laughs> cock? <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? I was like, well, I was typing in and, and you know how like at first, you know, Google will start giving you suggestions. <laughs> did you mean? They give you that suggestion? So anyway, so I luckily, thank goodness, spelled Momster correctly, but I was as soon as I got to Momster cock, I was like, "Oh my god, this would have been so bad if I was googling this on my work computer and yeah. I accidentally misspelled." Well, it. here's the thing: is that I was at work when John when when John sent the hint, and I saw it, and I was like, "Nope, I, I see, I can't, I can't Google." The hints on my work computer. Remember that time that he told me that we were going to the Dutch Rudder instead of the <laughs> Rusty Rudder restaurant? Yes, I do remember. And I actually Googled and I saw, I the saw Dutch that. Rudder menu at work and I was like, fuck you. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, wait a minute. This sounds familiar. Oh. Are you going to answer the question I asked you about where we're oh, going? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. So, momster, I'm assuming a mom kills her kids and I think we're going to Texas. Florida. Oh, that was going to be my next guess. Where at in Florida? Like, what happens in Florida? Casey Anthony. You think I'm going to do Casey Anthony? I don't know. It's a guess. I'm allowed to guess whatever the hell I want. Okay, we're going to October 25th, 1994. What was going on in 1994? What big big murder case was going on then? I can't remember. OJ Simpson. There you go. Oh... We're not doing O.J. Simpson, oh. but we are going to Los Angeles, 3.30 p.m., October 25th, 1994, in Union, South Cackalack, right up the street oh. from Columbia, about oh. two hours from here. Five best things to do in Union. Number one, cow tip. Number two. Is it really on there? Your second cousin. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, oh shit! No, <laughs> number uh, number three is a cemetery. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Where is this list coming from? TripAdvisor. Uh, number no, one. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is. Trip pull advisor. it up. Pull it up. What the fuck? I don't believe you. TripAdvisor. Yeah. Top attractions: plantation, oh. plantation, cemetery. <laughs> Cemetery. Is How it? far? Where is Union? What part? What part? You said near Columbia. Uh, no, uh, up towards Greenville. Mm. The best things to do in Union is go to a cemetery. Are you fucking shitting me? I heard that people are dying to get in there, though. <laughs> Look, like, there's uh, Union right there. The little dot. Uh, Population cows. <laughs> Speaking of cows, guys, guess uh, what happened today? A cow was born? No. 
goats. I got to see the miracle of birth, and I got to see baby goats born and take their first steps. It was awesome. That's fucking gross. They take their first steps the same day that they're born? Yeah, they yeah. have to use their legs. Only humans have the ridiculousness of having <laughs> fucking 18 months. Like, no mammal in the wild would ever be able to live <laughs> when yeah, they can't true. walk. That's a good point. Humans are it fucking ridiculous. It was really cool. <laughs> it was really... Such babies. It was really cool. It was gross, but it was cool at the same time. It was really cool. Like, to be able to witness that and then just hear the... All oh, the little baby goats, like the circle of life. Are you trying to have a goat pregnancy? Uh, no. Who is this hot lady with this hot haircut? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, wow. is this the lady who drove her kids wow. into the lake? <laughs> uh, you guys know this story already. There's no use trying to hide it. Tonight we're doing a special episode for one of our very special Talkos Supremos and supporters who. Apparently has been listening to us since Dennis Nielsen. Whoa! That was episode six? Wow. No, that was, no, episode, that was episode four. Three. four episode three. four. Wow. Episode four. Yeah, episode I remember four. distinctly because that was yeah. the one that I flipped out on. And kudos to you for listening to us since episode four. This is Susan Vaughn Smith. Oh, wait. She looks I, like a I Susan. I forgot to. All right. So anyway, before y'all cut me off, this is for a very special friend, Talcos Primo, longtime supporter. We actually went to lunch with her and her husband and her kids. Mm-hmm. This is from uh, for Rhiannon. Rhiannon she, rings like a bell in the night. She is a mm-hmm. trove of true crime Treasure. knowledge. And this is for her. So I to do this story, I wanted to do a different version because I know she's heard this story 3,000 times. Does Rhiannon have a personal connection? I know she's originally from the Columbia area. I mean, she's area. from the area. but Is uh, she really? Yeah, did no not really. Yeah. But so I wanted to do something different, and I know there's not much to do. This is a widely, widely covered case. Um, everyone knows this case. So what I did is I uh, got the book that the husband, the ex-husband, has written, and I wanted to kind of go in more of the relationship and what it was like to be married to her. This lady. Obviously, you guys know what she did, right? No. no. I mean, I'm assuming she killed her kids. In okay, the bathtub, well, don't, don't is she the bathtub her. lady? So, Rhiannon, this is for you, and I hope I do it justice, and I hope I bring a new perspective to this case, and I hope you like it. So, anyway, 3.30 p.m., October 25th, 1994. This is Susan Von Smith. She leaves a manufacturing company. Now, she's a secretary for a company called Conzo. Conzo is actually closed, permanently closed, from 1995. Conzo's president moving out of union. Hmm. So they were a, uh, it's like a uh, fabric company. Now, as far as union goes, this is the only company that made any money for its locals. It was a huge manufacturing company, shirts. Like textiles? Textiles, yeah, which is not... I mean, obviously, today, we we just get them in fucking mm. Bangladesh, there, right? There are a lot of textile mills in back home in New Bedford and Fall River. Yeah, but they're all freaking closed down. Well, yeah, because it was like from the early 1900s. Back in 1994, though, it was a booming company. Now, she was a secretary of that company. She actually leaves work that day at 3.30 p.m. Now, she's really, really upset because this guy right here... If you go to some website, which I can't remember the name of it, you can see these pictures. Oh, oh, oh. Um, talk, talkmurder.com. Is that Websleuths.com, it? yeah. Oh, okay. Talkmurder.com <laughs> to see these pictures. This is Tom Thomas Finlay. Now, at one point, he was the most 
<laughs> most eligible bachelor in Union. <laughs> Look at that receding hairline. <laughs> well, Yow. the reason he's eligible is because he's a Wealthy? rich son. <laughs> His father's rich. <laughs> so he's just. How much? Look at that girl's suit in the background. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look at those lines. Okay, now lines. she was really upset because he sent her this message, actually a typed copy. I know we don't do that anymore. It's all like digital these days. But it was basically a breakup letter that was typed, mm-hmm. you know? Like on a typewriter? And it's fucking long. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm showing it to you right now. We'll kind of read through it. Basically, she says how much she loves him. And I just love to say all the wonderful memories we made. This is to Thomas right here. And Holy then, crap, that's long. Then his response was, Dear Susan, I hope you don't mind me typing this, yada, yada, yada. His is also really long. Then he goes through all this stuff. Anyway, Susan, I could really fall for you. You have so many enduring qualities about you. And when you say that, you know it's going to be bad. When you're a terrific person. But, but our differences go Far beyond the children issue. We are just totally two different people. And eventually those differences would cause us to break up because I know myself so well. I am sure of this. But don't be discouraged. <laughs> There's someone <laughs> out there for you. That sounds like what people say to me. Don't worry, Jen. Someone's out there for you. <laughs> I'm like, gee, thanks. Who is I, it? Like the Pillsbury Doughboy? Or? Y'all read a few lines from this if y'all want. It's kind of fucking. It's really long, and I'm not going. I'll let Jen read the first paragraph. Just don't read it. Just read a couple sentences here. But don't be discouraged. There's someone out there for you. In fact, it's probably someone that you may not know at this time, or that you may know but would never expect. Wow, this sounds so familiar. So this guy is having. (laughs) This guy is having coitus with Susan. So they're they're like a thing. They're friends with benefits. No, they're like dating pretty much. So if you're having coitus with someone and then you say, there's someone out there for you, <laughs> that's pretty much fuck off. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of over. Bad. Yeah. And plus it's a typed letter. Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even a conversation. Good. I feel like that's the 1994, yeah. that's, the, that's the version of like breakup text. So this is what is she gets. Cool. She's sitting at her. At least, this is, at least this is much now, better than I yeah, this is, ghost her. This is Thomas Finlay. He is actually the boss's son. Okay. Oh. So. Well, yeah. this letter must the, come to an end. It's 11.50 p.m. and I'm getting very <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> Look at this. Dear Diary. <laughs> I need to end my journal entry now. I'm getting oh, tired. Shit. But do but not it, you know, it was worth the 10 fucking pages beforehand. All right, so this is Thomas Finlay, GoTalkMore.com. Now, she leaves work, and no obviously winner. you saw that letter. Oh, you could do better. You know, you could, there's someone out there for you. You're going to be like that motherfucker, you know? She is upset. She is fucking crying her eyes out, man. So she just leaves. She goes to Walmart Okay, then she goes to a friend's house, and his name is Mitch Sinclair. It's actually one of her best friend's boyfriends. I ain't going to get into that. But she has all this stuff planned out, and she's doing all this stuff. Now, here's where it gets rough. Okay, so this is... After the letter? You mean it wasn't rough at the letter? The letter starts this whole thing. I mean, that was pretty rough to read, I do have to say. Not Mm. to say I've never heard that to myself, but, you know, just seeing it is just... I feel you, Susan. I got you, girl. She goes to Mitch Sinclair's home. Okay. And then after that, 
she stops at a red light at Monarch Monarch Mills. And I'm going to show you a picture of that right now. She stops at a stoplight. Now, this is in the middle of the day and no one's around. It's just her. And a black man opens her door. Now, this is in Union, South Carolina, opens her door with a gun Mm. and says and gets into the passenger seat and says, quote, drive or I'll kill you. Okay. Why don't I believe this? Maybe it's her hairstyle. No, but it, no, it's true. Look, this is the happened? man right here. This is the actual suspect. Go oh, talkmer.com okay. to see this suspect. That's what he looked like. So she's passing through the red light and she stops there. And this guy jumps in the car. He's got a gun right to her ribs and says, you better drive or I'm going to kill you. Now, her two kids are in the back seat. Ooh. Her two babies. One was born October 10th, 1991. His name is Michael. The other one, November 1992. So they're very young. Mm. I think Michael's three. Didn't waste any and the time other either. one's 18 months. Alex is 18 months. So they're babies in car seats. And she gets carjacked right there at the light by this guy that you're seeing on screen. And he's got the gun. He's breathing heavy. He's got a flannel shirt from what she says. And his she, eyes are way back in his head. She keeps trying to look over. You know, because she's worried about her kids. And this guy's like, don't you look at me. Don't you look at me. Keep your eyes at the road. Just drive. That's what she says. Or that's what he says. That's what she says he says. Here, read this. Read this, Nikwiz. I don't know. I saw that picture of her. I don't trust her. I feel like she's not a victim. If she is, please cut this out, Future John. He made me get out of the car. I tried to get my children. She broke up, sobbing, and I was about to step in, but she recovered. She continued in a faltering voice. I was saying, there is a baby, and please let me take them. And he said, no. He just told me. He said, I don't have time, but I won't hurt them. And he just took off. Now, you ask yourself, all you mothers out there, big shout out to Savannah and all you other Supremo mothers oh, out there. Oh, yeah. And Rowan is is having a baby. Oh, Rowan, yeah. yes. Very, yeah, Rowan is uh, Preggers. Oh, um, I wonder how our friend Yeah, she just Nicole, found out. Uh, I wonder how our new friend Nicole. Nikki, yeah. How far along she is. I think she had her baby already. She did? Yeah. So oh, congratulations wow. to all you, um, all you mama bears out there. Congratulations. If you're looking for an honorary godmother, hit me up. But you tell me and go to talkmore.com and leave me some comments because I want to actually know what you guys think about this. Would you actually say, okay, all right, so she, this guy kicks her out of the car. Now her babies are in the back seat, still in the car seat. And he's like, I ain't got time. I'm not going to hurt them. And she's like, okay, what the fuck would you do? Your babies are about to be driven um, away by some stranger. I mean, it's hard who for me says, to that, that he's not going to hurt him. I'm sorry, but we don't, none of us have kids there. Yeah. But I feel like if I had a kid, I would die before I would let that happen. Okay, he well, would have to shoot me let before me, that. Let me insert Stella and Hubble because that's all I can compare instead. I'd be like, oh, fuck no, you're not driving away with my dogs. And I would just do whatever I could to get them out of the car. They drive east away from downtown Union and. That's when he kicks her out the car. Now, the children are gone. Hmm. I'm having some trust issues, and I really think it's Y'all the hairdo. You know this damn story. Why? <laughs> no, Why? Yeah, really, we don't. I, I, even if I do, I don't recognize it Why yet. Why y'all faking? No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I don't recognize it yet. So, like, I really, and I think it's the hairdo. I do. I Not to judge a book by its cover. And ladies out there, please well, bring the back that, that Furby 
hair. Oh, I love Furbies that are fucking shit. creepy. Do not bring those back. Those things. You would not like it if I actually left my hair like that. Hell Please yeah. Please wear that to the wedding in May. No. Can I wear that to the wedding in May? Go for it. Discussion started right away about that. Okay, this is Heather Hoops. Now, she's a reporter for WIS TV, which is right there in Columbia, South Cackalack. And how vague it was and how it described half the people in Columbia and should we use it and what should be done. And eventually we pulled it off the air. Okay, so she is actually talking about the sketch that you're looking at right now. She's saying that it's so vague, it looks like half of the people in Columbia. And actually, this sketch did start. It, it didn't completely pan out, but there was a threat of a race riot in mm. Union County because, I mean, this random black guy kidnaps these two white kids. That ain't good. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day, yeah. She immediately calls her husband. Now, her husband works at Wind. Wait, she's married and yet she's talking, having sex with that other guy? <laughs> You're getting way too, way too far advanced. There's going to be a lot I'm of... I'm just saying, This is a juicy though, story. There's going to be a lot so of So she's sex. having sex with the guy at work, the guy's the owner's son. But no, not son, anymore because he just broke up with her. Because he had a different philosophy on kids. Among other because things. he was the most eligible bachelor, but he, he didn't, didn't want her he kids. He didn't want kids. That's exactly. And she right. had kids already. So that, she, now you guys are figuring this out quick. You guys are smart. It took us two years. Ain't but our we're first rodeo. Okay, so she calls the husband, and she is just frantic. David, David, they took him. They took the kids. Oh, I get it now. Okay, and you don't get it. Susan came on the phone crying, hysterical, jabbering. He's got the kids. He won't let me get the kids. David, he's got the kids. Susan, Susan, (laughs) slow down. (laughs) Tell me what. Who's got them? David. (laughs) David, I tried to get them and he's got the kids. I don't know where they went. (laughs) Maybe I should do an audio book. Yeah, bravo. Yeah. You can do the fiction ones really well. Thank you. Wow. Right, applause. Is that all you wanted me to read? Yeah, all the quotes. Oh. No, uh, how far down? Is there more? What does it say? Uh, I felt panic rise. Nah, give it to me. So now the family, David, as I'll get to in a minute, this actually, the book that we're reading is actually from David, but he actually calls the police. Did he have any weapons, gun, anything? He's got a gun. He got a gun. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. He got a gun. I tell you that right now. <laughs> Who doesn't have a gun? I don't know. We're Union, up in Greenville, South Carolina. Carolina. That's what I'm saying. Like, Greenville doesn't have guns. And we were up there. And I was like, who's got a gun? <laughs> like, nobody. Well, they didn't gun. admit it, but they also said you can't carry a gun and yeah, drink at the same true. time. So maybe, maybe that's why the they car. didn't. Yeah, okay. In the car. So now this actually was on Americans Most Wanted because this is two kids that have been abducted. And as a nation, we got to find them. This was a, dar- what do they call a darling case? Kind of like the OJ case, you know, where everyone is watching it. When I got there, she was, she was hysterical. I had to literally pick her up off the floor and take her into the other room and sit, sit down with her on the couch. That was an interview from NBC News with the husband, David. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on one second. Let me just... What, there was no guy? 
What are you trying to say? No, I'm so. <laughs> it was totally. A where guy. was she on the floor at the house? So she was. She was in the middle of town. Her car. Her kids got abducted. She didn't call nine one one. She called the husband. The husband called nine one one, and then he went back to the house and had to pick her off the floor. Like, wouldn't you How call? How did she get back to the house? Exactly. Not only that, but wouldn't you call nine one one right after that happened? Yeah. Well, they didn't. But have she cell went phones. back home. Yeah, but so there's why freaking payphones. So why she calls her husband that call. works at Winn Dixie. You guys that are listening. 99% of you guys ain't from the South right here. Y'all don't know what Winn-Dixie is. It's a is. grocery store. I know it's a grocery store, but they ain't got them anywhere but but here in the South. I haven't seen any around Charleston oh, yeah, County, like but there's some in Florida. Anymore. That's where we used they to They do, do exist. Now, you go down to where I grew up on Gilbert, they, they got some oh, down there. I know that when I went to go visit my grandmother when, we were, when I was growing up in Florida, we used to shop at the Winn-Dixie, and there was also a Hungry Harry's pizza place okay so local cops got involved the fbi and sled which is south carolina law enforcement division Mm -hmm. they're all involved and this was a massive massive search i'm talking about oprah was down here and if oprah's down here you know shit's getting done Mm -hmm. okay she was down here oprah doesn't just waste her billions of dollars on a plane for anything that's right okay now from the get-go this is a nine-day investigation Okay, so Pretty this quick. nine days is basically the search for the kids. Okay, these two babies were taken and the outreach from the media, well, at least for the first day until they all turned on Susan, was to find these kids, you know, do whatever they can to find these kids. Now, she was search driving parties, yeah, search party that they, they actually had multiple search parties and she was actually driving a red Mazda. I think it was a Mazda 100. I'll show you a picture here in a minute. Mazda's are nice cars. That was the car they were actually looking through for this whole time. They were looking for this specific car. Okay. And the driver of, you know, the the carjacker. You guys already know what this is about. So I'm just going to say she did it. Mm-hmm. There was no guy. A carjacker is all just a fucking, just made it up. Yeah. Okay, so we, we need to break that barrier before we can even get on to the story I that mean, I'm I've, trying to tell. I've only been <laughs> saying that for the past 43 minutes and 27 seconds. Susan was so distraught about what happened. Now, she was talking to the media, even though she didn't really want to, because the media, oh no, they started to blame her, which <gasps> is kind of fucked up. Dear they, they, Lord. Not to blame How her. How could you blame the mother? No, no, not blame, but... Uh, but because she didn't go stop somebody from t- no, abducting No, 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 kids. I didn't mean blame. They didn't blame her. They just thought that she killed her kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> same really thing, blame. right? I mean, no, that's not the same thing. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't do anything but think about it. <laughs> and, <laughs> She's crying and laughing. <laughs> I just want to hug him so bad and tell him I love him. When I, I talked to Quite my mom. the actress on this. I talked to my mom and she was like, my mom was like, yeah, you don't remember that? She came on TV and everyone in the nation knew she was a fucking liar. <laughs> From that, I love your mom. She's one of my favorite people in the entire world. <laughs> From I that interview right there that you just saw, everyone knew that she was fucking lying. <laughs> I mean, she was. Those were there weren't real tears coming out. No, there weren't. She's ducks. completely faking it. Here's another one. I want to say to my babies that <laughs> your mama loves you so much, and your daddy, these whole families love you so much, and you guys have got to be strong because you are. We, 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 I just know. I just feel in my heart that you're okay. You gotta take care of each other. 
What a what a fucking actress. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Two kids that are under three years old take care of each other. You guys gotta take care of each like I, no, no, I, no, no. I did a better reading job in that passage than she just did in that whole I, press conference. I totally see like you see what you want to see and now that we we already know that she is a total fucking fraud. So but if I so knowing that, I am able to see like there's no real tears like when you cry your cheeks get puffy like your eyes get puffy actual you don't like lick your you lips. Know, water comes out of your fucking eyeballs but there is none of that like there's no signs she of actual even, crying she doesn't even make eye contact with the crowd or anything like oh yeah she's com- she i mean she's faking it no i know we we know that i'm just, oh, we're just we're pointing out and, that, and that everyone in the nation knew that it wasn't just you know, I mean, they could tell, but you could tell that's fake. That wasn't even remotely real. Like, I mean, even if I didn't know the story, I'd be like, what? Anyway. Look, so- her, her, her face, even when her face is upset, look, she has a, has a smirk on. Her lips are turned up. I'm going to get more into the crime later, but just to break through this barrier so I can do my story the way I want to do it, I'm going to tell you what happened. Here's basically what happened. She leaves work. She's got the letter and she's all butthurt about about this letter. She actually tells Sheriff Wells, the Union County Sheriff, that she leaves her house. She goes to Walmart, which the greeters at Walmart didn't see her. Okay. Oh, she didn't get a sticker. She headed out to visit this guy named Mitch Sinclair. Another guy she's sleeping with. Which wasn't home. And then she went through this stoplight at, at Monarch Mills where she got carjacked. The light has a sensor on it mm. that will only turn red if other people are waiting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, you can stop. Right? Yeah, you have to be at exactly. the line. And it didn't turn red the entire time. You know what's because really- there was no other traffic. Oh, they knew. You know what's the light didn't turn. Really annoying is there's this intersection near my store where I work at. If you're when you turn into left hand lane, if you are not like right up on the line at that sensor, like you will literally wait there. Let me show you the kids right quick that were in the back car. This is Michael, which is the oldest, and Alex, which was the youngest. This is how young they were. Mm-mm. Oh, God. God bless So Michael them. was uh, the one on the left, and uh, Alex is one on the uh, right. Now, if you read this book, um, the book is called Beyond All Reason, My Life with Susan Smith. This is about David Smith's marriage, which we're going to get into the saddest part of this book is the kids. So yeah, yeah I can't even look instance, at that picture um, because it's making me too upset. For instance, Michael, the oldest, he would call his brother, brother, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm look out for my brother. I love my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he was the protector of the younger brother. Like they were very, very close to each other. It's very, it's a very tragic story. It okay. is. It's terrible. And these two kids are, are dead. And here's basically what happened. She doesn't do all this stuff. She doesn't go to Walmart. She doesn't do anything. She just drives. And she says she drives for an hour trying to get her head right because she just got broken up. So did she Even later con- she's married. She did, got- she, did she later confess this? Yeah, I'm going to get all that. But she got that breakup letter and she drives all the way out to John D. Lake. Now, this is a lake in Union County. And she said she just sat there for kind of a long time and she was in her own head and she was really depressed. I'm going to let you guys read the confession letter in a little bit. Mm. But 
she basically, in a nutshell, she drives down the boat ramp. Mm -hmm. She stops halfway down the boat ramp. She pulls up the emergency brake up with the kids in the car. She gets out of the car and then she leans over the driver's seat and pushes down the emergency brake and lets the car roll into the water with the kids in the car and they drowned in the lake. That is what really happened. I'll let you read the confession letter in a minute. They were in the lake for nine days before she actually confessed. I am legitimately angry. These children, like as a mother, it is your number one job to take care of your kids. And these poor babies were in the car and they're probably watching their mom have no idea what the fuck is going on. Why is mom pulling the emergency brake? Why is she not in the car with us? And then they drown. And this mom is watching them drown. The fact that it happened in South Carolina makes me want to drive up to wherever it is she's being kept right now and just punch her right in the throat in the face. In Columbia? Yes. We're going to be there on Saturday. So maybe I'll visit her and punch her right in the throat. Because she deserves um, it. She actually is quite in the media and she does respond to uh, fan mail. So in this episode, I do want to, with this talk of his primos, write a letter to her actually, because I know she will respond. All right. So let's write a Amazon prime letter. Let's not write a bad letter. Let's just try to ask her, you know, and try to get, I'm going to write her an Amazon prime letter. So it gets there by Saturday. So she knows that I'm going to visit her and punch her in the throat for this because I didn't know that it was so close to us. And it just drives me crazy. Like, how could you do this to these poor children? A lot of people think she's uh, innocent. It wasn't her fault. Innocent. Oh, please. Innocent. She confessed. Yeah, I know, but but I didn't tell you about all this other stuff. But because, I mean, was she, I mean, was she mentally unstable? Like, like, I don't know. Let me do the story. Maybe you guys will find out. Hang on. But because of Susan's lies, because she let them stay in the waters of John D. Long Lake for nine days, my son's bodies were totally ravaged. When they were recovered, the coroner had to recommend a closed coffin. So I never got to touch their little hands or kiss them one final time. I never got to say goodbye. Since Jen was bringing this up, I need to say, now, when they found the car, I was going to go over this later, but I'll say it now. When they found the car, it was 122 feet away from the shoreline of the lake. Mm. It was upside down and under 18 feet of water. Mm. They actually found the kids. Okay, and I'm going to show you a picture right uh-uh. now. Nope. The diver's flashlight actually saw the hand, a, a small hand, a kid's hand, pressed against the window mm. of the car in the in the lake. Jim, what, what are you doing? Covering your ears for us? You... No, I'm covering my eyes. I just, and my head, and I'm just like... My fists right, are look, clenched and they're, they're blurred out. But do you see the kids? Fists of range. Wow. That that's the car and that's the kids in there. Now here's a better picture of the car. It was flipped upside down and in, in in the lake. So the kids are back there. Now the the thing was, if you see this picture right here, it was still pressing against the glass, which is kind of fucking crazy. Mr. Smith, you can't see them, Mr. Holcomb told Doug. Those babies are sealed in bags. They've been in the water for nine days. There is no way they there's no way they should look at them. I strongly recommend a closed casket. I mean, uh, like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to envision this, but like think like not only are they starting to decompose because they've they've they're deceased, but like you're, they're also probably like very pruny and their skin is probably uh, uh, oh oh yeah nine no. days uh, oh yeah no I. Mm. Oh, yeah, the closed casket, that means, like, 
I mean, you can't even see their face. It was no. just so much. I'm surprised I they mean, didn't suggest to cremate them if they're suggesting closed casket. Well, the reason for that is um, David's brother had died and they were he was buried at the cemetery and he wanted his two sons buried at the cemetery. The right cemetery next that's most number three no, no. <laughs> popular attraction in Union. No. Well, maybe. Shit. I don't know. Maybe it is the same cemetery. I know there's not like a, a lot about a lot of vodka in here, but like when I drink vodka, sometimes I get mad. And this story is making me mad anyway. But the fact that there's vodka in this drink is just like. You want to get mad, Jen? Well, Drink the pancakes will soak it up, Jen. Okay, now here's the thing. You saw the video of Susan Smith and David, the husband, which I'll get into all the affairs and stuff like that. But from day one, he looked at Susan because this was a nine day ordeal and there was cameras everywhere. Like I said, Oprah was here. Inside Edition, Katie Kirk was here. Nancy Literally Grace? Every, I, I didn't see Nancy Grace in the book, but she, I don't know if she was around in 1994. Was that? Shout uh, out to our HLN followers. Um, I don't know if she was around, but everyone was eyes on Susan. And Susan actually kind of seemed like she was on stage. If you want to read this, Nicole. On stage? Even that first day before things got real crazy, I could tell Susan had the sense that she was on stage. People were always watching her. I thought she might be playing up the drama a little, but I had no idea how much. Let me tell you a little bit about Susan. Okay. Um, she grew up in an upper class home, which is completely different from David. Now, let me show you, David. This is the the husband, the ex-husband. This is the ex-husband right here, David mm -hmm. Smith. Mm -hmm. Now, it's completely different from him because he grew up farm poor, basically on a farm and very poor. She kind of grew up in an upper class home. So if you read through the book, you'll see the struggles of first being married. And, you know, he's a assistant manager at Winn-Dixie. And she they actually met at Winn-Dixie because she was a uh, cashier at one mm -hmm. point. So that's where they met. But you see, you know, they got pregnant with Michael and you know, they they just got married. At a what, shotgun wedding? No, it is a real wedding, but they just got married and they're trying to make uh, the best they can. They actually move in with his grandmother, like this 90-year-old uh, grandmother, which was great. But you can tell Susan and her family especially looked down on David and his family because they were kind of from a lower class. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like she was kind of from an upper class family. And David couldn't provide all this stuff that she wanted because he, I mean, he worked at Winn-Dixie, for Christ's sake, right? Hey, you got to make a living. In high school, she was a member of the National Honor Society, which I could never even dream of doing. I was in that. And she was voted, quote, the friendliest girl from her classmates. Oh, strange. Now, her mother, her mother's a different story. Now, her mother does have a book out there, and it was probably just to make money. And it, guys, I want to say right now... David Smith, I think, is also a big D-bag. This book, I mean, this book will, if you read this book, you'll definitely see that this guy is a piece of shit, too. Like, they are they both fucking belong to each other. But anyway, um, that's mm. besides the point. I'd like to know your opinion as to why, but I'll wait until after the story is over. The mother, Linda... I'm assuming they both cheated on each other, and that's why you're... Yeah, yeah, all the time. Oh, the mother, okay. The mother, Linda, actually refused to buy Susan a white wedding dress oh. and only would buy her an off-white wedding dress because, Yikes. quote, she was no longer pure. 
Well, I mean, traditionally that makes sense, but you know. Well, what color is your dress going to be? It's white. That shit should be white. (laughs) (laughs) Separate beds, just saying. Eyewitness. Uh... Susan talked to her mother on the phone constantly. She went down to the Russells all the time. I felt like we had absolutely no privacy in our relationship. Susan spoke to her mother about everything in our marriage, even the most intimate details. We couldn't have our own problems. They all had to be mine, Susan's, and Linda's. Ah, no. The stepmother is a big problem in this story, as you can see. The mother-in-law? Or the mother-in-law, yeah. Mother-in-law, I don't know the difference. But anyway. Well, stepmother is traditionally like someone that marries. Dennis is my stepfather. My mom would be your mother-in-law. Right. I don't know how that works. But Dennis would be your (laughs) stepfather-in-law. Anyway, when she was growing up, Susan's father actually killed himself, committed suicide. Mm. And so this is going to come into play. And not only that, Mm. the stepfather. I feel bad. Actually admitted admitted his name was beverly they called him bev he actually openly admitted to molesting susan when she was just a child oh Oh, god it happened a few years before susan told me more than a few nights her stepfather would come into her bedroom late while she was sleeping he used to fondle her breasts and put her hand on his genitals and he actually did admit that she, she did. Some he admitted she that prior to problems, this, yeah. or after this happened. No, this was when she was a child. I know it was when she was a child, but like, did he come out and say that when she oh. was a child, or did he come out and say that after she? When she was a child, yeah, yeah. So and the mother. I mean, dude, did if, she stay with did the if, mother? Yeah. Stay with him? Oh yeah, dude. If I was the mother and. Or my husband, new husband, was fondling my baby. I'm going to stay with him? Are you fucking high? Are you shitting me? That's kind of tell you how the fucking mother, what was it, mother-in-law? Stepmother. Mother. The mother-in-law is, you know. Well, David's mother-in-law, but Susan's She's a kook. You know, she's a kook. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, this is why uh, people build sympathy. I'm not trying to defend the mother, but she lost one husband already. So then her next husband, she wanted to keep even defending despite what was going on. I'm not saying that's right, but that's probably where she was. I mean, she probably wasn't right. She probably wasn't right. And I'm not defending her. I'm just saying. I don't even know what I'm saying. This this cocktail has got me. Jen, you are such a poo nanny if you can't hold your lip. A poo nanny? What does that even mean? What does that word even, even mean? Know. Can, no can you please Google that? Uh, what does poo nanny mean? Here, read this. this can is someone about, please tell me what poo nanny means? This is a little bit about the son, Michael, just to kind of... Um, Make us all feel terrible. Make you all feel really shitty about yourselves. Michael was happiest outdoors. He liked to work with tools to help me in my shop in the carport. I was raised to fix things myself when I could, rather than taking something out to get it fixed. While I worked, Michael would take a little wrench and just fiddle with it. Anything I was doing, he wanted to help. Even if it was just tying the trash, he'd want to have his little hands in there trying to tie up the bag, too. Susan wrote in Michael's baby album, I've been waiting a long time to see you, precious Michael. It was truly the most wonderful experience. When I heard Michael's first cry, I just started crying with him. I had given birth to the most beautiful baby boy in the world. Susan was actually really good with the kids, which is kind of crazy. She was a really great mother. And all the pictures that the defense, uh, her defense brought up was, you know, the pictures 
Sure, uh, she's a great excuse mother. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Did you say she was a great mother? Well, besides the whole... You Killing know. her children and drowning them in the lake? Oh, yeah. Okay. Minor detail. Susan started working at Winn-Dixie. Now, around work, she was known as kind of slutty. Mm-hmm. She oh. was sneaking around with a married man, for instance, and he it got so bad that he actually had to relocate stores to a different county because his wife came in there and was raising hell because... Raising Cane? Raising Cane, because she knew that... That's a Southern term, and this but guy also was the like name of the Chicken Fingers franchise. This guy was like 38. She was like 20. You know, she was young. Age she was just really young. And anyway, they were getting together, and he was married. He actually had to relocate, and she did that a few times. Okay. Where she was having... She was unmarried she at was, this point. Yeah, she was unmarried at the point. But, and, but, but she was other dating... Other people had to relocate, or did she ever have to relocate? She didn't have to relocate, but she, had, she, was, she was dating... Uh, David she was always at the time, pursuing married She people. was pursuing married men, and she was very, very promiscuous, even today. She's in prison right now, obviously. What do you mean she's promiscuous now? Well, she's gotten at least, from last time I checked, two prison guards fired for having sex with her. So <gasps> no she's, fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Orange is the New Black. So too. she's learned nothing, basically. Yeah, she's learned nothing. Hey, you but know, the very, heart wants what the heart wants. She was very... She was even started telling her mom that she picked up a third shift, which she was really spending the night with this married guy. Now, when he moves out of the county, she actually attempts suicide. So you can tell that she is just completely emotionally stable. She's a mess, but that doesn't mean give an excuse to what she did. It probably had something to do with the fact that her stepfather had a sexual relationship with her and she was like mentally messed up from that. Attempted suicide sounds serious, but what Susan really did was swallow a non-lethal dose of anison. The news spread through the store like wildfire. Susan had to go up to Spartanburg Regional Medical Center for a few days. Then she took off a month off work. Okay, so she actually... So she didn't really go try to kill herself. She just yeah, made it big... Was just, it was drama. Yeah, which all girls are drama, but... So she actually meets David at Winn-Dixie. Now, I'm going to read this. Right away, she struck me as an attractive girl. This is what David says. Susan had a million-dollar smile. She had pretty hair. She had a bigger chest than girls I'd gone out with before, and that was attractive to me. In the summer, Susan would always lay out in the sun for hours and get a real dark tan. Okay, now, let me tell you about the first time that they had sex, because that's in this book for some reason. No, thank you. Look at her ha- like her now. Like She's like smiling. She's got purple hair. I feel, I feel like she's like loving her life right now. She looks like that actress. Oh, what's her name? Um, Alex Borstein, the one that plays Susie Meyerson on... Um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Maisel, but like also with long hair. We began seeing each other a short time later. On the second date, we had sex for the first time on the living room floor at Moner's house. <laughs> Which is romantic. To sleep. The grandmother's house. Moner? Moner. That's what they, they that's what David called his grandmother. That's Moner. weird. Is that a Southern thing? I've never Dude, heard I've that. never heard anyone call Moner? their grandmother Moner. Maybe no, it's, it's not Moner, like, uh, uh, it's M-O-N-E-R. But still. Weird. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Susan was different <laughs> from the other girls I'd been with. With her sex, it was relaxed and fun. She'd do sexy things, like surprise me with black nighty that she'd wear under her everyday clothes. She Gross. actually became a cashier at 
Winn-Dixie, and then that's when they started hooking up. From the get-go, this marriage was fucked. Okay. She continues to cheat, and so does he. One year and a day after she moves into the grandmother's house, because they're married. Moner. Moner. She moves out. They could not. They, they. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say a day after they no, got no, married? No, no, a year and a day. A year and a, a day. A year and a day. One year after their one year anniversary, she moves out and wants a divorce. David actually started seeing another girl as well. Now, she was seeing all kinds of guys, a few different guys. And this one, Tom Findlay, the boss's son, was the one that really she really wanted to be with. But she was sleeping around a lot. And it's actually crazy because David admits that he was cheating on his girlfriend with his wife. If you want to read this. Wait, what? That sounds kind of backwards. Um, It was the spring of 1994. I told myself and a lot of other people I was making an effort to patch up my marriage because of my boys. That was the truth. But my but things were more complicated than that. I was jealous of Susan's new affairs and I wanted to see if the old David magic was still working. I didn't tell Tiffany about it. It was nuts. I was cheating on my girlfriend with my wife and I was cheating on my wife with my girlfriend. That's basically how the book is. You can tell this guy's a fucking idiot, right? Not the best person either. Yeah, he's a, I mean, they they both belong to each other. Let me just put it that way. Anyway, after Michael was born in October 10th, 1991, there was no more sex. She basically cuts him off completely. The muffin shop is closed. <laughs> the muffin shop. <laughs> what the fuck? After Michael was born, she goes through some kind of postpartum depression, but something happened after Susan had Michael and she didn't want to have intercourse anymore. She had put on weight with her pregnancy and said she felt uncomfortable with herself. And he says, I loved my wife's body and didn't care that she had gained a few pounds, even though he was basically banging this other girl named Tiffany. His wife, his ex-wife. No, 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 Tiffany is his Susan is his wife still. They, they, oh, oh, they're gotcha, getting gotcha. a divorce, but they haven't actually divorced. Gotcha. So, and they have a child, but she gained weight during her pregnancy, but he wants to fuck Tiffany, who is probably this like little thing. Well, I think he'd have sex with anyone. All right. So they were constantly fighting about two things. The stepmother, Linda, and... Moner? No, Linda. Oh. Her mom and money. She actually tells David, quote, having you touch me makes my skin crawl. Nice. That's how great the marriage is going. Yeah, it's going great. So what would make a marriage better that's failing? More cheating. A divorce. Oh, another kid. Another kid. That always works. So that's exactly what they did. They have another kid. Alex was born November 1992 because Susan was taking the pill, but she wouldn't take it all the time. She got pregnant. A lot of people came up to David and asked him point blank, are you sure that this is this one's yours? Well, we never know, even to this day, if it was actually his child or not. Mm-hmm. It most likely wasn't, to be honest. Well, you just you don't know. You can't yeah. say that for sure. She actually didn't want to be pregnant. So she at all. that was not on During purpose. This, no, that was not it wasn't, a trap. It wasn't on purpose, and she definitely did not want to be pregnant. And this is a, a telltale sign of things to come, I believe. Why'd I ever have another one? She'd moan. My feet hurt. I can't believe I have to go through this again. She was fearful about what another pregnancy would do to the shape of her body, which she felt was already destroyed. She said she was fat and ugly, and she was sorry she'd gotten pregnant in the first place. It was nonstop complaining the whole time. 
Look at my breasts, she demanded. They're so saggy. She had stretch marks from when she'd had Michael on her abdomen and on the sides of her breasts. She was convinced that no man could get excited over a body like that. I mean, I feel bad that she was going through postpartum depression, but, like, did she go and seek help for it? But, like, also at the same time, you you don't kill your kid because you're going through postpartum depression. I'm sorry. Not excusable. Okay. And also, she seemed to have gotten over her that fear or whatever pretty quickly because she start did start having sex with other men mm-hmm. yeah so here's basically susan in a nutshell she would she had these kids and she would spend all this time at this bar called the hickory nuts wow. <laughs> in union right and um here's the bar right here and she would basically be trying to get with this guy who was the boss's son finley Finley, yeah. The whole relationship, if you read this book, is based off infidelity and trust issues. Oh, look, the Hickory Nuts had a lunch special. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'd spend my time there. Susan, this is from David. Susan, I said, I talked to Tiffany every day, his other girlfriend. Mm. Okay. Now, is this she is, okay with this him having is, another girlfriend? This is while they're married. Is she okay with it? Susan got hot and she said, that's kind of unfair, don't you think? I've only talked to Tom once. Okay, that's what she said. So she's very, she's the type of girl that will cheat on you, but then when you start getting interest in another girl and the other girl likes you, then she gets all jealous, jealous and shit. That's exactly that's jealousy describes this girl so much. Mm. Jealousy is rough. I think everyone deals with jealousy. Mm Hmm. I saw her talking a lot with her old boyfriend, and it bothered me. Eventually, I realized that they were sleeping together again. I wanted her to concentrate on getting us back together so we could be proper parents to Michael. This affair she was having was a distraction. Keep away from him, Susan, I warned her. It's not right. At this point, she's even lying to her friends. And here's Susan for you. She'd work all day at this little place because she quit Winn-Dixie. Got this- oh, Got this secretary job. So she would work all day and then she would drop the kids off at multiple friends' houses. And she, she was a, she did not give up two fucks about her kids. And, you know, while I'm on my soapbox, neither did fucking David. Neither of them cared about these fucking kids. I can tell that the instant. So this book is all about, this book is written by the ex husband, David Smith. It's all about making himself look like. Oh, no, this is so awful. This happened to me. And, you know, I love them so much. Motherfucker, you were you're screwing some other girl and you didn't give a shit. None of y'all gave a shit about these two kids. You know what I'm saying? It was a fucking nightmare. So they both deserve a throat punch. Exactly. I mean, it was just a fucking nightmare. All right, you these, tell me where he lives and I'll, this I'll is the punch two him people the that never, too. This is two people that never should have kids ever. Ever, ever, ever. Ne- neither one of them gave two fucks about them kids. And I don't care if you read this book, he tries to pump himself up like it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Bullshit. I can fucking tell he's fucking just as fake as she was. And I'm going to say that right now. You watch the fucking thing. Look at that guy. You think he gives two fucks? Fuck no, he doesn't care. He didn't care about these kids. He's probably glad. I mean, I know he wouldn't have killed his kids, but I'm sure... Well, we don't know that, anything. We don't I mean, know that personally. he wasn't even spending time with the damn kids. Like, do you think, you know what I'm saying? She was taking care of all the fucking kids. He was, he was going out with Tiffany. 
Donna, she was going to her aerobics class and instead driven to Hickory Nuts. This was a new level of Susan (laughs) dealing with her duties as a mother. She was lying to her friends just to get a little downtime at the local saloon. She she was going to this aerobics class, right? And uh, David actually noticed because she was getting kind of hot after she had the two kids. At this point, Tiffany, the girlfriend, is following Susan everywhere she goes. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. But Susan... She's stalking her? I'll tell you why in a second. Susan would go to Hickory Nuts, get all drunk, sloppy, and hit on Tom Finlay. Yeah, I want to stroke that non-hair you got. That bald head. Babe. Susan asked for a divorce, right? She was all jealous that David, her husband, because they're still married, was seeing this girl, Tiffany. Now, at one point, she has been caught with this other guy. Like, they they both know they're cheating on each other. It's like ridiculous. And they don't really even care. It's exactly. So, here's what happens. Susan gets on the phone, because Tiffany calls David, and she says... You know what? I think it's good. She intercepts the phone. It's like, Tiffany, don't hang up. This is Susan. Don't hang up. I just want to say, I think it's good that you guys are getting together because we're going through a separation. And it's good that you guys are hooking up. And so you can comfort David. I want you to be with him. I want you to be with him. That's noble, right? That's a good person. It's weird. Mm. It's weird. This one instance will tell you the exact personality of Miss Susan Smith. The reason she did that, okay, the only reason she did that. So she could take guilt off herself? This is from the divorce proceedings. This And this will make sense why she said that to Tiffany. During the course of this marriage, I read, defendants has carried on and continues to carry on an adulterous relationship with a paranoid known to the plaintiff. Susan was seeking a divorce based on the statutory grounds of adultery. So here's what happened. Susan hired a private investigator, got on the phone with Tiffany, said, hey, it's good that you guys are seeing each other. I want you guys to spend time with each other. That means they're free to see each other. Then she hires a private investigator to go take all these pictures of him cheating on his wife. That's not manipulative at all. <laughs> that's her. That's Susan Smith in a fucking nutshell, which is brilliant. And, you know, it, that's fucking smart. I would not think of that. But that's the reason. But and the flip side, she was cheating, too. She's spending oh, yeah. all her time at the Hickory Nuts. He actually goes to her purse and finds a letter that that same letter that we read earlier from Tom Finlay proving that she was having an affair because they're still married, you know. So it's just it, it's just a fucking shitstorm. These two immature ass people who should never, ever, 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 ever have any babies you know, are cheating on each other. And then this shit happens. It's just the fucking worst. Because we still got time. Let's read the uh, divorce or the confession right quick. On the, At 2 p.m. November 3rd, she actually confesses. What now, makes her confess? Is it the fact that the media turns on her and uh, she's like, fuck, That's a really I'm good screwed. question. So the FBI came down because the FBI gets involved. The F- What's one of the parameters that the FBI can get involved it in? It has to be a federal case. It has to be above the state, oh, right? It's, yeah, but what makes it? What's one parameter? Something crosses state lines. Um, I don't actually know. I'm just going to admit that right now. The FBI comes in. And they come in a lot of cases, obviously, but one parameter is if there has been a kidnapping. 
Mm, okay. So the kids were actually presumed to be kidnapped for nine days mm. before she confessed. Mm. That's why I said the FBI, FBI was there. Nicole asked, why did she confess? Because the police since day number one has noticed her story didn't line up. They they knew from the get go that she knew more that she wasn't saying. And day two, she fails her first polygraph test. Now, now I, she takes plenty of polygraph mm-hmm. tests in this and she fails them all. Oh. And she has been questioned multiple times and, and they're basically breaking her down. I just have a question. Now, polygraphs, what the what the purpose of polygraphs are? They they measure your blood pressure and your stress response to questions. So well, they're not admissible in a court. And they're not. The, well, well, here's what the reason they use a polygraph. So if it, it basically tells the police if they're barking up the right tree or not. Right now, you know what I'm saying. I I just have a question. Were there any inconsistencies with her? Oh stories? yeah, I guess she failed it completely. Well, I mean, well yeah. <laughs> well, 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 failing well, I mean, a polygraph test doesn't mean that there are inconsistencies with their story. But well, like I said, polygraph I, I, test. John can, already said that yes, there was because the timeline didn't, go didn't make sense. She didn't go to Walmart. Nobody. She didn't go to that person's house. Yeah, and the stoplight thing. The stoplight thing. But did she change her story? Yeah, she changed her story. Okay. She changed her story in writing. And it kind of fit what the police theory was, okay. what it should have been. So if you change your story completely, right? Then you know, and I'll put all the I'll put all of her documents on talkmore.com and we're going to read the confession here in a second. Susan Smith has been arrested and will be charged with two counts of murder in connection with the deaths of her children, <laughs> Michael three and Alexander fourteen months. Mm. Oh. Did you Good. hear that in the background? Yeah, yeah, like I did. To faint. Yeah, yeah. There okay. probably, those are probably her supporters. But you know what? I'm glad. Now she actually begged the sheriff Wells for his gun at the time. Now, so she goes through multiple interrogations, and they basically just break her down, break her down, break her down, break her down until she makes the confession, which is here, right here. And this is this will kind of tell you what kind of person Susan Smith is and go to talkmer.com to see this full confession. Anything strike you as weird that it's Things like, that Oh, she crosses, she crosses out. out. Well, not only that, but it's written like a fucking child. Right. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's like teenager. female. Yeah, yeah. Female handwriting. Uh, well, all right. For instance, uh, let me see where it says that will never change. I have prayed to oh, them my. for forgiveness and hope they will, uh, that they will find it in, their heart. She actually drew out the. She heart. actually draws out the a heart emoji multiple times. Multiple times. She says she loves them instead of saying that, but it's with a We're, heart emoji. I it's, heart them. I heart them. It's just. I was. I mean, what the some... fuck? Like, what kind of fucking asshole? You know what I'm saying? She just kills her kids, and this is how she dry, draws the thing. When I left my home on Tuesday, October 25th, I was very emotionally distraught. I didn't want to live anymore. I felt like things could never get any worse. When I left home, I was going to ride around a little, and when I go to my mom's, as I rode and rode and rode, I felt even more anxiety coming upon me and not wanting to live. I felt I couldn't be a good mom anymore, but I didn't want my children to grow up without a mom. I felt I had to end our lives to protect us all from any grief or harm. I had never felt so lonely and so sad in my entire life. I was in love with someone very much, but he didn't love me and never would. I had a very difficult time accepting that, but I had hurt him very much and I could see why he could never love me. 
When I was at John D. Long Lake, I had never felt so scared and unsure as I did then. I wanted to end my life so bad and was in the car ready to go down that ramp into the water, and I did go part way, but I stopped. I went again and stopped. When I got out of the car and stood by the car, a nervous wreck, why was I feeling this way? Why was everything so bad in my life? I had no answers to these questions. I dropped to the lowest when I allowed my children to go down that ramp into the water without me. I took off running and screaming, oh God, oh God, no. What have I done? Why did you let this happen? I wanted to turn around so bad and go back, but I knew it was too late. I was an absolute mental case. I couldn't believe what I had done. I love my children with all my heart. That will never change. I have prayed to them for forgiveness and hope that they will find it in their hearts to forgive me. I never meant to hurt them. I'm sorry for what has happened, and I know I need some help. I don't think I'll ever be able to forgive myself for what I've done. My children, Michael and Alex, are with Heavenly Father now, and I know that they will never be hurt again. As a mom, that means more than words could ever say. I knew from day one the truth would prevail, but I was so scared I didn't know what to do. I was very t- it was very tough emotionally to sit and watch my family hurt like they did. It was time to bring a peace of mind to everyone, including myself. My children deserve to have the best, and now they will. And now they will. I broke down on Thursday, November third, and told Sheriff Howard Wells the truth. It wasn't easy, but after the truth was out, I felt like the world was lifted off my shoulders. I know the road ahead of me. At this very moment, I don't feel I will be able to handle what's coming, but I've prayed to God that he will forgive the sh- forgive me and the strength to survive each day to face these times and situations in my life that will be extremely painful. I put my total faith in God and he will take care of me. And I understand you're in pain, but like here are a couple things that contradict what you have written down. Number one, you say that as soon as you saw that them going down that you wish that you hadn't done it and you were you were upset like she's okay. making it seem like it was an accident like in run into the fucking lake and unbuckle did. your kids from the car seats it's not like your car was com- caravaning down a mountainside at 80 miles an hour you're going down it's a, a slow boat roll ramp. yeah it it's a slow roll it ain't going fast if that, you didn't mean it you could have stopped okay it. even if even if you watch them like submerge into the water for a few minutes and they're like oh fuck my kids are in there like you can still save them jump in Why the water watch them? I, i'm you, not you saying that's right your kids into the fucking i'm lake. not saying that's right i'm not saying that's right but i'm just reading from her thing she's like oh as, as soon as i saw them like i i knew it was wrong i was praying for them it's like jump into the fucking water yeah, you and unbuckle your fucking children and my my family my family i'm so sorry for my family your husband that you were cheating on your children that were defenseless in fucking car seats they're three and two years old and they're in fucking car seats and you're gonna watch them roll down the fucking boat ramp it's not like you push them off a clip you could go there and save your kids, jump in the water. You knew how to fucking swim. Like, just do it. Like, you know, like, I'm not saying well, that. Well, she's lying. Okay. She's lying. I know she's lying. And it makes me fucking angry now. I just want to throat punch her. The, the death penalty is, for her, uh, beside the point. She says over and over again that she wishes she could just die. So that she wouldn't have to hurt anymore. She's a fucking psychopath. She doesn't care. She says she wanted to kill herself and I will never, ever, ever, ever promote suicide. What? 
I'm not promoting. No, in her confessional, I wanted to die. I wanted she to die. She doesn't want to kill herself. She's a psychopath. Listen, she doesn't listen, care about listen these kids. Me. Listen, listen, listen to me. I will never promote that. And you're hurting so much that you're going to fucking kill your kids? No. You, no, no, no. And then and then she's like, oh, I wish I want to die. I wish I want to. No, no. You live every fucking day until you die knowing that you murdered your children. The most defenseless Mm. Within the first, Ugh. within the within the first two weeks, Susan was complaining that she only got let out once a day for like oh, an hour, and baby. that the food wasn't very good. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, Were there you, maggots in your food, bitch? <laughs> Listen, okay. If you are dealing with a mental illness, yes, I understand, and and and, and I do commiserate with you. But you're saying that you're you're like in that confession note. She was saying, "I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die." No, I will never promote that. I will never say, "I wish you killed yourself instead of your children." I'm not saying that. But you didn't do that. Like you persevered. Instead, you chose to choose. You kill persevered. Your own Good for you. You persevered. But then you fucking killed your kids. It's not like you were like, oh wait, oh oh, bye bye, Michael, bye, Alex. That's exactly what you did. You could have. I, I I just cannot even comprehend. I cannot even comprehend. Slowly, I saw the town get behind Susan, starting to build sympathy for her as a victim. I could not stomach it. To me, she was the farthest thing from a victim. She was a cold-blooded murderer. Where were Alex and Michael in all this? As the townspeople started to speak for Susan, asking for forgiveness, who is speaking up for the boys? All right, so what Jen was saying is um, how could she do this, all this stuff? It's not that she just watched her kids die. It was something more than that. It's the way that she watched her sons die that is really evil. As you'll see here. She didn't have the decency to kill them beforehand, my father shouted, almost berserk with pain. She just let them drown in the water. Police divers had searched the lake twice during nine days Michael and Alex were missing, once on Thursday, October 22nd, and again the next Sunday. They didn't find anything because they weren't looking in the right place. It turned out the monsters drifted. It bobbed like a cork in the water, moving away from the boat ramp toward the lake's man-made dam. Another thing that troubled me about the discovery of the car, when they winched it out of the lake, the baby's bodies had already been removed. The Mazda caught on the the shoreline and flipped over right side up. When it was flipped, the parking light suddenly came on. Strange. Had Susan intentionally left the parking lights on so that she could watch the car and make sure it sank out of sight? Mm -mm. Again, too awful, too terrible. But what other explanation could there be? Mm -mm. So she actually, this is what I didn't tell you earlier. She puts the parking lights on, the parking lights on. Because those are on automatically. Because she wants to make sure that the kids drown. And as I said, the car actually goes into the lake and it was found 122 feet from shore because it basically bobbed and bobbed and bobbed. She actually stayed there and waited t- until the car sank. You know why? You know why they know that? Mm. Because they have done two searches of the lake prior within that nine days and they found nothing. They took Susan there and she knew the exact spot that the car was. Now, th- that doesn't seem weird, but she knew the exact spot where it was 122 feet away. So basically, she watched it bob down the river until it had enough, you know, the water pressure to sink. 
So she actually watched it bob down the river for 122 feet and then sink. She knew the exact spot it was. So it's not like she just killed her kids. She watched them to make sure that they were going to drown. That's a completely different thing than killing your kids. Accidentally. It's like you you were making damn sure you turn the parking lights on. So you make sure that you can see it like a sinking ship with that one light on that you can see when it goes down. So you make sure that you're covered. That's what's evil about it. And she knew the exact spot. She watched it the entire time. Her two kids screaming in that car because they weren't dead. Yeah, if she was somewhat of a decent human being, she would have killed the kids first. But no, she let them fucking drown. I mean, they floated 122 feet. They weren't dead yet. For 122 feet, it took 10 minutes of them away from their mama floating down, the car slowly filling up. They're in their car seats. The car is slowly filling up with water, and they're just drowning slowly as she's watching to make sure that she's okay, that she is not going to get caught because the car is going to sink. That's what's fucked up about this story. It's not the fact that she drowned her kids. It's the fact... That she did it like that. Do you know how much it's taking for me to now to <laughs> fucking flip this table right now? So what did this bitch get uh, from her Oh, she's in prison for life. Good. And she's actually been a very, very terrible fucking inmate. Hmm. She's uh, gotten two guards fired already because they had sex with her. <laughs> Here. Uh, I hope she fucking listens to this podcast. <laughs> And I hope she knows that if I was not in the position that I am in my career, that I would make a huge fucking scene, go to the prison, throw a punch her, then maybe, I don't know, do some other things. She's not much of a mother. Whatever they do to her can't be enough. Anybody that could drown her babies, any mother could drown her babies, there's nothing to her. Ain't nothing to her. She ain't a mother. She ain't a mother. She and she's a fucking psychopath. She's just like Chris Watts, just like she's Chris a Watts. Sociopath. I, I'm fucking Chris Watts is in prison right now. I found the Lord Jesus Christ, and He has forgiven me. You fucking stuffed your two babies down an oil tank, and you think the fucking Lord has forgiven you? You piece of trash. She is just the same. She only cares about herself. She started complaining about the prison as soon as she got in there. There's not enough sunlight. They don't let me out. My cell is too small. Bitch, you just you fucking drowned prison. your kids. This ain't the Ritz fucking Carlton, Jesus lady. Christ. So the fucked up thing about this is that she actually watched her kids drown. The car bobbed 122 feet away from the shoreline. And she watched it because she knew exactly where it was. It, that was the really fucked up part about this. But the the sum my story up, and I hope I did a good job for you, Rhiannon. This whole relationship was a fucking nightmare. Um, David was cheating. She was cheating with multiple different partners. They got pregnant. They should never, ever, ever had kids. And they just didn't want the responsibility. And she just, plain and simple, she didn't want kids. And she actually told a friend a week before this happened, she said, I wonder what my life would be like if I didn't have kids. Fuck no. No. (laughs) I commiserate with any of those who are struggling with depression 
or, or mental illness. I don't want you to think that I am not understanding that because I do as someone who works as a counselor. But this is f- fucking different. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our monster, go to talkmer.com slash join. Become a tall ghost primo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it. Dedicated to you on Talk Murder Me Podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time. Hug your children. And like assless chaps and shit. It's like sticking my butthole and then in my mouth. Okay. And then back to my poon. Babe. (laughs) I feel like the order of that is not correct. For me personally, Uh, I feel like that like is A to M, ass to mouth. Okay. Ew gross. (laughs) So she I, I think you're already on two strikes, okay? Like, I'm going to just count those both for you. I'm not even going to go back. You're you really breaking your New Year's resolution. It's not so going well if you for get you. to three strikes of being mean, we ain't going. All right, so who uh, is... I, okay, yeah, you do. You do. I'm going to say this two no, and a half. please. Babe, I, I'm serious. Okay, okay One I more, okay, and I we ain't you. going. And we're sticking to the diet. Okay. Let me repeat myself. There will be no IHOP if you are mean. Thanks for defending me, Nicole. Sissy's got to stick together. Hose before bros. Y'all better get in the fucking kitchen, maybe some pancakes. You don't want me to cook anything for you because I'll put the smoke detector on. (laughs) You know what's really sad is the fact that it takes you threatening him to not being able to get pancakes for him to be nice to me. It's called conditioning. This is how we get him to get it. This is called punishment. I can get them pancakes and put that syrup all in my junk. (laughs) it's an interesting place to put it Jen do you know what a wrench is of course I know what a fucking wrench is what is it it's a tool and it has there's different types of wrenches it depends on what you're trying name it one any wrench a robo grip wrench a robo grip wrench yeah you you hold the grips and then you turn it a wrench is a tool that you use to turn nuts and bolts and um, you can tighten it Susan wrote in Michael's (laughs) Susan wrote in my. You're laughing because I'm right, and you feel like an asshole. Yeah, I'm trying to get an eye on the trio. Well, well, you know what? You need to be not a dick to me. That's what you need, and not yeah, ask me about my knowledge about a wrench. I'm not letting that count because. Yes. Baby, can you please keep? Why? Because I'm drunk. Yeah, I'm drunk too. Let's take one more shot. No.